This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week TV podcast. My name's Manning. His name's Mercado. Welcome, Andrew Mercado. Hello. Face to face again. How are you? <laughs> it's, it's good to get you back. And it's uh, not too many audio challenges for me this week, uh, trying to get it to um, sound uh, reasonably good. Look, there's lots to talk about this week. So lots much. going on. It's only five weeks of survey left. There's plenty of new shows popping up. We've had the uh, the seven up front, but there's one big talking point in which we cannot overlook. Sophie Monk and Stu. <laughs> are, yeah. they, are they really together or not? Wow. Um, and does anyone care? Well, look, of course people care because it had such high ratings. You know, I mean, any time the couple leaves The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, the tabloids follow them. There's this massive interest and the paps are going to follow them. Um, but there's particular interest with this one because, you know, she kind of rewrote the rules on the ratings. And, and But I can't help thinking that the reason that these rumours are coming out that they're not together and that they're contractually obligated to tend to pretend that they're still a couple for a certain amount of time, I can't help feeling that this is coming out because if we think back to when it started, Sophie was pretty clear about what she wanted. She wanted a down-to-earth, regular guy that apparently she couldn't meet in her regular life, and she just wanted a regular guy so that she could settle down and have kids. And so for her to turn around at the end, after she did such a great job on the show, being self-deprecating and winning people over that hadn't heard of her before or maybe didn't like her, and everybody loved her on the show, but then at the end, she picked the millionaire that's had a vasectomy and <laughs> I understand yeah I understand why some members of the audience now feel cheated and go oh well now you know it's this isn't the real deal mm. <laughs> you know I think and look the thing is if you're going to go on a reality tv show to try to find love then you're going to have to take what comes with that and that's going to be rumors that's going to be press attention and <sighs> let's see how long it lasts. There does seem to be just a little bit of venom, though, in some of the criticism. I mean, this is reality TV, so lo- yeah. let's not get, you know, do we need to really question if it's well, exa- real? Well, I've said it right from the point that the whole thing is ridiculous, yeah. that if you, you're actually wanting to meet someone and fall in love, you don't do it via reality TV. And you don't actually say you're looking for a regular guy and then go on to regular uh, go on to TV because those aren't regular guys. Those guys are looking for fame and money, most of them. Yeah, but as you could still think it might happen. Yes, you could. And in fact, it actually has happened if we look at The Bachelor. If we look at Tim Robards and Anna Heinrich still together. If we look at, you know, uh, Georgia Love and Lee still together. It actually does work out. So amongst all those guys that are there to be the grandstanders, you can actually sift through them. But, you know... I mean, Stu, uh, the guy that Sophie picked, this is the second reality TV show he's done this year, James. Clearly, this is a man that wants this sort of attention. He likes high-profile girlfriends. Have a look at some of the women he's dated before this. Mm. So, you know. Yeah, interesting. But it ended up uh, being a massive hit for 10, that's for sure. 
I'm loving the crazy rumours that are spinning now about what happens next. You know, new idea, you know, with, with absolutely, I'm sure, no evidence. Was it new idea? I think it was. They said Shane Warren's going to be the next Bachelor. And there's actually something in that. You look at that and think, well, that would actually work and that would make for a, a great TV series. But surely it's too early to be thinking about the next Bachelor for mid-2018. The latest rumour I saw this morning is that Sophie Monk might host Love Island for nine, which is interesting because she's already hosted a show for them that they've got sitting on the shelf. I think it's called Accidental Heroes. It's kind of YouTube clips clips of people falling over and all that. Why haven't Nine rushed that to air? She's never been hotter. Why haven't they got on air right now? I don't understand. It's, 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 It's in the can. It's been there done like a year ago. Ten's ten's hoping to have their upfront next week as we speak, so um, it would be nice if they could drop um, a big name host of The Bachelor coming up. Well, it would be actually, yeah. Drive, and they've set the mould, haven't they, with Sophie, someone who's a little bit older. Yeah. Um, But with a big media profile, the audience seemed to like it, and it it brings you extra viewers. It is going to make life very difficult for 10 when they pick future people now, because I do think that Sophie Monk has rewritten the rules of The Bachelorette, because she brought that kind of element of fun to it, and because, you know, she had done reality TV before, she kind of understood how to play the game but I think she also understood how to sort of send it up and make her look make herself look different to everybody else that does the show that's kind of nervous or trying to figure out who they want to be Sophie's got I'm sure got a very clear picture of the type of person she wants to be on reality TV and uh, people respond to that person that sends themselves up and drops an f-bomb and all that sort of stuff people loved her on that show so it makes it very difficult now when you think about casting in future do you go to somebody that's going to have the same comedy timing as Sophie and will the audience be disappointed if they just get some guy that looks good and, you know, doesn't know how to send himself up? Yeah. Um, her, her asking price must have gone through the roof um, since this. Look at she'd those be, ratings. Yeah, she'd be much in demand and she had a bit of a feud with News Corp over a sort of commercial endorsement um, that she thought they were sort of piggybacking um, using her profile. Oh yeah, but, that's right. But the, but yeah, you can bet though she'll be um, set for a uh, a big payday for the next at least couple of years. You would yeah, have thought. You would have, you would think so, Plen- wouldn't you? Plenty of offers out there. Look, I'm calling this potentially the last great TV battle of 2017: food, family food <laughs> fight versus the wall. Isn't it interesting, though, that we're getting to the end of the year? Like, in a lot of years before this, James, we know when we're coming to the end of the year because the cupboards are bare. We're seeing movies in prime time and, and you can see that people... November's are, been a wasteland last yeah, couple of years, hasn't it? Yeah, but not now. We're still... I mean, Seven's launching The Secret Daughter next week that we've been talking about for a while. Where is it? Yeah, it's very interesting how there's a lot of product that going into it. And, and I would suggest maybe that The Secret Daughter might unless they burn it off with double episodes, it might continue into December non-rating period. You know, it it could be that they're going to make that gap of summer non-rating period less than it's ever been before because we've talked about that before in the past. But, yeah, this is a very interesting end-of-year battle going on. Yeah, I wonder if um, Seven is feeling the heat from Nine, so therefore they've stepped it up, whereas if you go into... October with a big lead and there's yeah. no chance of getting overtaken yeah. or you're tempted to think well let's save some of this programming for the following year save some money and just run a few movies and stuff like that Yeah, but Seven's really under the pump this year 
and um, you know they need to keep those figures up. So they'll be happy with the ratings for the wall last night, which you know I'll, I'll declare I didn't see it last night. I've watched the first episode of Family Food Fight. I haven't seen the wall yet. I will comment though that Axel Whitehead, the host, he's a great guy. Um, I would have loved to have seen him hosting the show because in every still I've seen of him in the magazines. He, he, he's not really smiling properly. He doesn't seem comfortable. And so that's why I would have loved to have seen the show to see, you know, because when I look at the pictures, I just think, oh, buddy, you don't look like you really want to do this show, <laughs> you know? Mm. Um, and he was kind of wearing an ill-fitting suit. I didn't think in the promos he looked like he was dressed well. So I, w- I'm, I would have loved to have seen the show last night to see if he actually, you know, was a lot better when he was actually doing it. Did you get to see it? I did, yeah. I, I, I sat through a lot of it. My finger was on the fast-forward um, button for a lot of the time, I must admit, because yep. for me, I was really only interested in the result at the end. So. Right. And did that? Did a it take a long time? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I think it was eighty minutes or something. Oh my god! Um, and that's to me, it's just too much. That's I, too much. Yeah, and it's just by look. I didn't understand it, but it looks like there's a lot of chance involved with these balls falling down. It looks a bit like a pinball machine. They could go left or right, and they bounce around, and they. And this giant set that they went to yeah. Poland to film in and all these delays I'm reading filming the show because the crew, everything had to be translated from English into Polish. Uh, what a mad experience. Yeah. But, look, I'm not going to knock it because, look, nearly a million people. Yeah. So there's an audience there clearly enjoyed it, so good on seven. Can they sustain that, though? I mean, there's a history of shows that premiere big, yeah. people are interested, and yeah. they don't return. So... You know, apps two and three will sort of decide. Um, and what was going in their favour was that it was a new concept. And yep. I think very much when you put it up against Family Food Fight, Family Food Fight was, I'm sorry to say, another cooking reality show. So if you're a TV audience and you think, oh, I really just can't do one more cooking show this year, you're going to check out the wall and see what this new format is about, I think. Mm. And there's not a lot of game shows in prime time either, is no. there? No. I mean, if you're not, if you don't have, uh, if you can't get to TV during the daytime, yeah. you know, you might think, oh, well, yeah, I don't mind a quiz show or something. I mean, we've seen Hard Quiz has done quite well this year. Yes, it has. Very long season. I think we're up to season, uh, episode 15 or something of the current season, so it's doing reasonably well. Yep. Tanner's still persevering with um, Family Food Fight. They're doing the celebrity editions. Family Feud. Uh, family All-star Feud. Family, family Feud, Feud. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was Husey versus yeah. Kate and their families last night. Yes. Didn't rate spectacular. And then, of course, well. we've got Peter Hellier's new show, Cram, Cram. beginning on Thursday night. Correct. Which, you know, I watched the first episode of that and... You know, about 10 minutes into it, I thought, oh, God, this show's just a memory test. You know, there's really not a lot in this show. But, and I was get, getting ready to hit the fast-forward button. But, you know, it's always about casting on these shows. And suddenly Miranda Tapsell was quite hilarious because it turned out she's super competitive and they dropped some really funny one-liners. And suddenly I found myself laughing out loud <laughs> and watching it to the end. Oh. I mean, it's a very thin premise for a show, but I think like... Like 
Have you been paying attention? It could be a slow burn. As long as they get the right people on that show, and Peter Halley is a very likeable host, it, that could just chug along. It's not going to get ratings like the wall, though, I don't think. So like, have you been paying attention? Is it less about the quiz and more about the gag? Or? Yeah, well, look, it's, it's more the about a memory. doesn't really matter, does it? No, it's more about a memory test. You know, they okay. throw all these facts at you with the graphics and then they start saying, so you can play along at home. I know the answer to that. Why doesn't everybody anybody else remember that but look the first episode i thought was cast really well there were some really funny moments in it really funny mm. so um good luck to them yeah it's on before Gogglebox, so yep. if people are committed to Gogglebox, they might come in and, and sample it. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. And, of course, yeah, we should mention we talk about primetime game shows. There is have, have You Been Paying Attention, but I don't really think of that as a game show. I don't think of that as a game show, a, no, yeah. It's like a stand-up. <laughs> yes. Hour, hour and a half, isn't it? But, um, yeah, do, doing fantastic business, of course. Thoughts about Family Food Fight. To me, it was like MasterChef with families. Yeah. Very similar. James, it was too similar to every cooking show I've ever seen before um, the one really good positive thing I'll say about it was it was diverse, it was multicultural yeah, that was great. I okay. thinking that yeah. great to see on Nine where you see all those white people renovating the houses in the block and then as soon as we come to cooking the diversity comes into it the Lebanese sisters, the Chirocs, the Vietnamese family, all really good but oh, look that, I'm sorry I just assumed that the show called Family Food Fight and they were using this home cooking, I assumed we were going to go to their homes, that they were going to copy that aspect of my kitchen rules. Because as soon as they started that show in that fake set, that giant set, and the three judges came out, and I was like, oh, my God, I've seen all this before. And again, we want to talk about length, an hour and 50 minutes for episode one. That was way too long for me. I was... I was uh, vacuuming the house by the end of that. Yeah, it was a massive ask of the audience, wasn't it? I think uh, it took an hour before all the food was prepared and then nearly another hour for the judges to taste it all. And it was weird because they filled all their plates with... um so they had a full plate of food for every all six, and I just, I just didn't quite buy it. I just don't know. It was awkward. I thought it was way too colourful. It was like a, like Crutie, our colleague here suggested it was maybe almost like a kid show. It was just <laughs> so bright, and it reminded me a bit of Zumba. Remember the set yes. for Zumba? It was all yeah. that, just bright colours, and it was just. It was too much. At least, you know, on MasterChef, it's it's quite moody Correct. and sort of adult in the, yes. the way. But I just found this... Very was, good point. It was all just, you know... I, th- I think that Nine are, tr- are just trying a little bit too hard. They're so desperate to, for them to have a cooking format. Seven's got Kitchen Rules. Ten's got MasterChef. They're missing out. They try every year. And, you know, it's a great title, Family Food Fight, FFF. It looks great yep. on the set. It's cast well, but... Then it starts and you go, I've seen all this before. Mm. That's the problem. Mm. Yeah, look, we've, we talk after only one episode, so this could grow. You know, Seven won't be panicking. T- I mean, Nine won't be panicking no, today. No, But they've, um, they would like to see some sort of um, spark. I mean, it's in the 600s. That's not a disaster. No. There's been plenty worse um, program decisions this year. The Secret Daughter is coming back. Yeah. Season two. Yep. You weren't a fan at all. We've spoken no. about this before. Have you watched any of no, the No, and, and I will. I'll, I'll watch it this week. I, I, I wish I could have had time to watch it last night, but I didn't. Um, 
I'm confused about what the premise of the show is going to be. So when I read the colour spread in TV Week, it's all about uh, Jessica Malboy's character going back to her country town and meeting her auntie. So I thought, well, great, at least she's got another Indigenous relative somewhere in the show to find out about her paternity and, you know, they're going to advise who her f- father is and this is going to then apparently form the the basis of the, the new second season. But then when you read the synopsis of the actual show in TV Week, so in, in one part of the magazine it says, well, she isn't part of that rich family, you know, that's established and now she's got to find her real father. But then when you read the synopsis of TV Week, it more or less says she finds out that she actually is his daughter. So I'm really confused. And there's a problem with the premise of this show. It's called The Secret Daughter. So now, of course, they have to, every season has to reflect the title. And the problem with this is it's a little bit like season two of The Wrong Girl. We go back to the original premise of the show and you just kind of are hashing and repeating it again. So, you know... What's she going to do for episode two? Like, search for her dad again, go back to the record company, try to get her contract back, which it all seems to be there. So I'm speaking without seeing it, and I will yeah. watch it. And I love Jessica Mowboy, and I wish I could love this show some more, but it just doesn't – I just don't think the premise is terribly strong. But I'll check it out for series two. Yeah, well, it was a bit of an audience appetite for it because the soundtrack album was top ten, came out – well, that's the best Two part weeks about the show. The, the program, yes. Yeah, yeah so the, the people, music. The yeah. music, yeah. So yeah. That's, that's one of its uh, big assets. The Block uh, finished season 13. Uh, Sunday night, uh, massive audience, uh, over 2 million for the, you know, winner revealed, which is that sort of hokey stat for the very end of the show. Yeah. The actual episode itself did just under 2 million, I think, yeah. or around that. So, but it was a, a massive win for uh, for nine. It was the, the biggest season, I think, um, season final ratings in three years. So yeah. it did really good. They they. Sp- played lots of promos for shows starting next year on Sunday night. So they basically so. took all their stuff that they've made for the upfronts exactly. and kind of launched them through the block so, yeah, grand so final. They That's the, smart. Yep, they showed the advertisers a couple of weeks ago. Now they're pumping it out to yep. the... Uh, and you can tell that's just, you know, they feel like they're... That's what the number one network's done in the past. Remember yes. nine years ago, it used to be a big deal when they'd start running their promo. From memory, they'd often start on January 1. Though. New Year's was Eve, it, was telecast, big, was it? commercial oh, okay, breaks yeah. during the fireworks right. back in the Richard Wilkins days. Uh-huh. That's when you'd get a, uh, your first look. But, of course, yeah. now uh, in our new TV environment, as soon as the upfronts happen, yeah. Boom, the, the, the videos are made, they go on air. Yeah, there was a very long promo for um, Married at First Sight. Oh, was, was it? Oh, yes. Yeah, it was. They were also, I understand, putting a promo out for the next series of The Block, which is going to yep. be the Gatwick yep. Hotel the in Gatwick St Hotel. Kilda. Yep. Yep. Yeah. A friend of mine used to live in that building, so oh, really? I'm quite familiar with it. And there were some quite colourful characters yeah, that yeah. used to live in that building. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, not yeah. unlike a lot of places around the cross. No, here it's very, very similar. Very colourful. Very similar, yeah. Right. Walk past the street, tap on the window and slide your money in and get your little yes, yeah, naughty yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, that so type of place. Josh yeah. and Elise uh, were the winners. They um, made about 450000 They yep. got an extra hundred. Interestingly enough, I, got, I was in the auction. 
I went to the auction, that first auction, gee, it took, it took about 10 minutes on TV. It took, they granted out, it took about an hour in real time. Right, yeah. But I was standing beside the actual person who purchased the home, Dave Hughes. Yes. So it was really interesting because I think he was an underbidder on last year. He turned up at one of the auctions last year. Right. Had an early bid but then oh, didn't carry on. He was there this year, but he was very he was very sheepish. He was standing right at the back, but they they made everybody come in because they wanted to shut the door for the sound or something, so he had to squeeze into the living space, but he was still standing right by the edge. Now, he wasn't bidding at all. He had a um, buyer's agent. He didn't exchange glances with this guy at all. One of the photographers in the room spotted him, was snapping him a little bit. But right before the auction stopped and started, they didn't show any of that on TV. But the, the when I knew he was the, I didn't know he was the winning bidder until the hammer just before the hammer came down. The buyer's agent with the bid looked at Husey with a big smile on his face, and Husey just gave him a little half nod. <laughs> so you knew before anyone else in well, the room. Well, maybe? I'm not sure, but <laughs> but I but I was tipped off pretty yeah. soon and um, apparently his wife didn't even know I yeah. mean she knew he was going to the auction and he might be interested but we saw well, I was chatting to him afterward and he's trying to ring his wife and she wasn't answering the phone because <laughs> she was at a kids party or something so it was quite funny you know that um, um, and, and then but he, he you know I don't know how reluctant he really is though because the next morning he's pictured in the bathtub he's on the news talking about it it was all over radio yesterday everywhere so it was could he have some plans could he have some future plans with it like why has he been so keen for two years now to buy property from the block I don't know it's what, in the, I mean, the in last 12 months he hasn't found another decent investment property? Well, yeah, last he, he, year. Ad, he admitted to Will Anderson, who's now on Melbourne Radio as well, that um, he's got a small, Hughes, he said, oh, it's a very small property portfolio. He owns a block of flats in Caulfield down in Melbourne. But it's a, it's a very strange investment buying at one of those block houses because they do seem expensive, don't they? I wouldn't buy one. $3 million for a, for a house on a... You know, I mean, it's a lot of house, and, and, but and you they're know, all bunched up together, and 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 also I think too with um, reality TV shows, I, I would be really concerned about any cutting of corners to make the deadline for the TV show. That's my concern with the the work that's being done there. Yeah. What comes first, getting the house right or getting the show on air? Yeah, I've been to some of those properties twice now, and I was looking at the finish and all that, but, I mean, I've got to take the word of those judges. Correct. They're not going to spin it, Yeah, you wouldn't think. So, you know, Shana Blaze and Neil Whittaker and... Um, I particularly loved uh, Josh and Elise being interviewed in TV Week magazine and what would you like to do now for the future? Um, well, we'd like to do more TV. We'd love to do a renovation, another TV show. Of course, everyone wants to do that. Um, maybe something along the line of Burke's Backyard <laughs> or... Work with six sick kids and charity. I'm like, oh, that's great. Like you that. got it covered there, right? If your TV career doesn't work, you can do a bit of charity. You've achieved your dream. But good on them. Their, their, their place was beautiful. Yeah. yeah Everyone picked that it was going to be the best one, and it was. You could tell. They, well, I thought, were... I mean, the properties all look good. I mean, you know, the fronts of them all look great, and they had that big sort of 
studio space at the back and the garage and mm. all that, so it was really nice. But they were also close together, yeah. which okay, I get it. You're living in a city here. Yeah, if you yeah. if you don't want neighbours, go bush, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But still, for three million dollars, <sighs> yeah. You know, but that, maybe that's where did we're you, at. Did these you days. not? Did you see Gogglebox watching the block last week? Yes. Yeah. Yet again, <laughs> that that great moment where you know they the block you know filling time doing something, and every single person went, "What's this got to do with the block? What's this got to do with <laughs> renovation?" It's it's the best thing about Gogglebox is seeing the fact that nobody ever gets fooled. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're a little kid in that big family or you're Diane Mick, the, the oldest people on the show. Every single person doesn't buy something if you try to fake something on a TV show. And sure. the audience across the range sees through it. <laughs> Look, let's... Um Let's have a whip through the seven. They called them news. I get keep getting this wrong. New front. No, all fronts. Mm-hmm. Seven all fronts. Yep, they have been called up fronts. They have been called new fronts. Now they call them all fronts. Because you think all encompasses their exactly. plus seven. And, and, you know, seven yeah, are very yeah, big yeah. on this. The screens of seven. Whenever they're promoting anything, they have that little tagline at the bottom. Now I'll get your feedback as. The average viewer, what sort, what of this stuff appeals to you? Do you think probably the biggest talking point of the day was the arrival of Andrew Denton? Yeah, came on stage. He's returning. He's, there's been talk he'd be back on TV. He's been in talks with Nine. He's been in talks with Seven. He said he came back to Seven because Kerry Stokes made it very plain last time he was at Seven that there'd always be a home for him at Seven. So I guess they've offered him the best deal. Yeah, the show's going to be called Interview. Sounds like a, an updated version of Enough Road. Correct. Two people, two chairs, and a chat, you know, which is something Andrew Denton does very well. Yeah. Apparently, they're already working on production uh, at the moment, and it's sort of something missing from um, TV, I guess. It really it? is. You know? And he's, you know, he's one of our best interviewers. Mm. You know, I miss Enough Rope. Um, it'll be interesting to see w- if the format will be celebrities or whether he'll be branching a little bit outside of that because he's been, and, and I really applaud him for this, he's been very active as a euthanasia advocate. And I wonder if you know yes he might get a visiting celebrity or whatever or some famous Australian but then you know will he get somebody to talk about a subject like that dear to his heart and because that was one of the great things about Enough Rope you know he sometimes got those really personal exchanges episodes that normally mightn't rate very well yeah right well, yeah. it may not, but yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see who his uh, interviewees will be. But you know, he's a, he's a he's a great guy, and, and television misses him. It's great to have him back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure because I was joking. All seven goes up market. They've got an Andrew Denton interview <laughs> show. Nobody disagreed with you at seven when I put that to them. So I think he will have, you know, a lot of uh, leeway in. Um, Choosing who goes on. Yes, I'm and, sure he will. And sometimes you look at some of those episodes of Four Corners that might do 900,000 plus. They're not topics that which you would normally think could get a big crowd. Correct. So I think Seven's probably been quite smart. Yep. It'll be in a later time slot. Yep. It's a great idea to keep your audiences, get reasonable audiences, maybe 9, 9.30 you know, yep. at night. So it, it should do really well. The biggest excitement, though, is perhaps around... Um, the revelation of how good Delta Goodrum looks portraying Olivia Newton-John. It, yes, yeah, it's, uh, wow. it's, it's pretty... I don't know if you uh, had a time to see those photos or even a bit of the clip. But. Well, amazing. And, and I noticed that somebody on Twitter 
took a thing. I don't think it was Smash Hits magazine, but it was certainly something from Delta's when she was first a star. And they said, what would be your dream for the future? And she said, I'd love to do a remake of Grease. Mm. Whoa, look at that, Delta. Your wish came through. Yeah, she looked astoundingly like uh, Sandy in Grease in that clip that they screened. Yeah. But look, it, it looked to me, that actual recreation of that moment from Grease actually looked amazing. Um, and it's interesting because it's a Fremantle Media production and I think when we looked at the recreation of Crocodile Dundee in the Hoag's miniseries, which was used extensively on the promo, that recreation didn't look good, you know, and we, we all looked at Josh Lawson and went, you're not doing pulling this off, mate. So it's interesting. I think that they've taken that, that moment from the Olivia miniseries that obviously has really worked and... Uh, Look, I'm excited. I, I, Olivia Newton-John's got a really interesting life story and, and she has been a, an Australian star from the 60s and was over in America and Britain kicking goals, you know. what? You know, So there's a massive story to tell there. Yeah, yeah, and you're right too. I mean, the first thing everybody thought when they looked at Josh Lawson was, yeah, really? Yeah. Because he's supposed to be Paul Newman. But now you look at Delta and you go, wow, she's Well, I'm looking at that and you're looking twice. Is this... Yeah. Which one is it? Yeah. Who's that photo actually of? Yeah, so I I think that'll do very... I think it's going to be a two-parter. The full title is Olivia Newton-John, Hopelessly Devoted to You. Yeah, two-part celebration. Yep. Channel 7 traditionally start the year with a bio they do. mini, but, but next year they've got uh, Winter Olympics quite early, then they've got Con Games in the first half, so this we might have to wait a little while to see this. So Interesting. I'm, I'm just not sure, because yeah. I think they'll start very strong in that first half. They've got so much content, you know. So, so yeah, it, it mightn't be up as early as some people thought. Australian Spartan, I think we didn't learn a, a lot more about it. It's the team challenge. It's the response to the success of Australian Ninja Warrior on Nine. It's family viewing. Do we know where they're filming it yet? There's talk of Gold Coast, Brisbane, Queensland. Yeah, maybe. no, they didn't really spell that out. It's going to be made by a Matchbox Pictures with the uh, guys from Eureka Productions helping yeah. out. Um, it's a team challenge. I think teams of three uh, compete on the specially designed Spartan course. So, look, if, as long as that's not on anywhere near Australian Ninja Warrior, it could do okay. Yeah, they'll, they'll probably try and schedule it just before Ninja Warrior, won't they, to try and take some of the gloss off if they were smart. Yeah, perhaps. Um, look, you know, it's going to have to be a pretty outstanding production to be better than Ninja Warrior. I mean, Ninja Warrior still is my pick for best new show of mm. 2017. It was just, it exceeded all my expectations. Um, and I know this is the hot thing to do in TV at the moment, but yeah, good luck. Yeah, yeah. And how much time are people willing to devote to yeah. that, that sort of program? If you've got one in your life, is that enough? That's all right. You know, for some people it won't be. Uh, Mark Burris is joining Seven in a sort of a business advice program called The Mentor, where he looks at uh, small businesses. And I think he, he helps turn some of them around. So he's, the thing is The Mentor is all about making success happen. Uh, Mark Boris, usually expect to see him in a suit. Yep. You know, he's all very formal and, and um, maybe because of, because of his business his business life, because of The Apprentice, he was always suited up in that. I but, thought he was good in that show. I think he's yeah. good TV talent. Yeah. I, I find he, him very he, watchable. He came on stage at the up front, though, in jeans and an un, a shirt not tucked in and was trying to – I didn't quite buy that sort of casual Mark Boris, but 
hey, that's a very minor quibble. Yeah. But I think there is there is room on TV for a sort of a show advising people how to as know, a small business owner, <laughs> I shall be watching that one. <laughs> well, same. Yeah. Absolutely. There was a couple of programs which I think aren't aren't close to being finished. They talked about different things. Now, I'm not sure some of these... Okay, let's try it anyway. So, Dance Boss. Sounds very weird. Um, where It's like dancing in the workplace and filming it. Didn't Foxtel have a show like that a few years ago or something? Um, I just don't get the whole thing. It says it's inspired by viral video shared millions of times. Well, that's a whole lot different, though, to wanting to sitting down watching a, a production on TV, isn't it? Um, you can get a lot way with a lot on viral videos. It doesn't necessarily mean you want to see What it does dancing TV. have to do with the workplace? Oh, look, I just don't get this. So... Um, I, I, we'll need to know a bit more about it. Yeah. It, it's a competition, though. Uh, ten teams or ten workplaces battle it out to be crowned Dance Boss Australia. Right. No, I'm sorry. I just don't care. There's a $100,000 prize. <laughs> um, what was the other one? The Rich House. Um, a fun, family-friendly competition series giving everyday Australians the chance to live the life of the super rich. But don't if you if you lose the challenge, don't you get sent to the basement and get given bread and porridge? Yeah, fail and life will lose all luxury. How's that family friendly? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. So, look, that's slightly more interesting to me than Dance Boss. Yeah, but, totally. Um, yeah, we need to we need to know more. A great get, I think, Doctor Blake. Oh yes, moving to seven. That was a no brainer. I would have thought. Oh, but. somebody had to pick up Doctor Blake. I mean, the, you know, it is a little bit ironic that Seven, who cancelled a place to call <laughs> home because it was the audience was too old, is now taking Doctor Blake from the ABC with an yeah. old audience. But you know, when the block hit two point four million viewers on Sunday night, did it? Dr. Blake? No, it did not. 900,000. Yep. And you questioned what were the ABC doing putting that on a Sunday night. Mm. Um, you know, that the audience is rusted on for that. Oh, yeah. Awesome. And that's a no-brainer. When you can when you can sell a show to 130 countries around the world, doesn't that help your bottom line? Mm. Why did the ABC cancel that show? That is insanity. It is a bit, isn't it? Australia's number one drama. Yep. Easily our highest rating program. Yep. No, it's riding top of the charts, audience not sick of it. Yeah, we don't want it anymore. You can play a show like that in repeats forever. You can sell it to all those oh, crime yeah. and investigators. They're all self-contained murder mysteries. You know, television's screaming out for shows like that. I think Seven gets the back catalogue too, all the... <sighs> Perfect. Is it five or four seasons? Yeah. A lot of episodes anyway. I'm not sure if they can show them on TV or they've just got the digital rights right. to, to run them on seven plus yeah but um they've got that um that's great i mean i put it to seven what about you know place to call home you know they go well look don't forget we still make that they do so, still make it that's so exactly right it's still sort of part technically of the, it is still, still part show. of the seven family so but there's clearly been a shift in what they need and what they think about their audience to have taken dr blake which clearly skews older Yes. Clearly. Yes. So, you know, and uh, older people are still out there. They're still watching TV and they still buy things. So, you know, it's good to see that not every network is, you know, t you know, overly focused on the youth who, by the way, some of them aren't watching TV anymore. Yeah. 
new local crime drama, Australian Gangster. Sounds pretty interesting. Yes. Uh, it's Gregor Jordan, who Gregor made Jordan. the movie Two Hands around here. Producer John Edwards. Yes. So it's a fair bit of talent behind the camera. Great pedigree. I, I do have a... You sound a bit Well, it's just this freaking... <laughs> this obsession we have with Australian crime. Yeah. You know, I mean... Two Ned Kelly and feature sort of films. It yeah, it? in the the pipeline. Nine bringing back Underbelly Chopper next year. Um, well, I mean, we've seen Small Time Gangster being made. Now we've got an, an what's it called Australian Gangster. I mean, I just we are obsessed with glamorising crime and all this kind of dramatisation of real crime and all that. Yes, uh, networks look at it and go, well, it rates. Um, but, look, I really hope that uh, John Edwards and Gregor Ch- Jordan have a way of presenting this material to us in a fresh way mm. because we have seen this type of show a lot. Yeah. Uh, CJZ is going to be making a true crime drama series. No, not drama series, a true crime series. There we go. Called Undercurrent. There we go. For seven. So there's a little bit more sort of in that genre, if you like. Um, this this one's looking at a... a is it a, The disappearance of a 55-year-old mother in Sandy Bay. Yep. Hobart in 2009. So this is their sort of attempt to do something, those uh, real-life crime investigation that Netflix have had success with and HBO and to kind of, you know, really get in deep. I mean, I actually think there's something in that, Mm. you know, one case and a really in-depth, if it's fascinating enough, that uh, kind of gets me in. Yep, yep. So they really dig into the case here and they, I think... um yeah, it, it sounds pretty fascinating. I'd be interested to see how long they, um, how much there is of it. I think you'd be guessing. I don't know, six or eight. Yeah. So it's yeah. Like, but what CJZ, was the jinx? six episodes. Yeah, CJZ do a good job on that sort of stuff. So uh, the first wives club reality show mm. and divorced wives seven mm. studios again with eureka productions eureka getting a couple of things up here well, let's hope they um, cast it better than yummy mummies yeah yeah which incredibly is coming back for a second season exclusively on seven plus how's that who hey, i put my have... hand up i said i liked it <laughs> <laughs> but um i didn't watch more than a couple of episodes though, i must admit um, but, it, yeah, it was entertaining. But, yeah, it found a life. Yeah. Seven said the numbers on digital were good enough yeah, to interesting. Uh, bring it back. I think the budget's been cut accordingly to make it, the business model work on digital. Because it seems to me that the Adelaide mother and daughter seem to be banished. It seems to be all about okay. those three Melbourne yummy mummies, which was always one of the big problems with the show. They had the, yep. the three yummy mummies were there in Melbourne and this completely contrived situation where they flew to Adelaide to meet a woman they didn't know. I mean, that was mental, yeah. Maybe concentrating on those three women in Melbourne will make it sure. work better, but they're going to have to get some drama somewhere. Yeah. Back with the X, yeah. an original format from Seven Studios. Now, this is... I think they've even finished filming this one because they showed quite a bit from it at the upfront. I, I actually didn't mind it. Mm. 
So this kind of hooks in to what a lot of these sort of Love Island, X on the Beach things that MTV and UK and US, it's all about getting the hot young things, putting them on an island and then revealing their ex. So this format has sort of is being bastardised around the world and yeah. I, I don't mean that in a negative sense. But, yeah, it's uh, there's probably something in that because we haven't seen that on free-to-air TV. They, I've written this somewhere, but I can't remember. There's four couples, I think two bust up. One, I was surprised they revealed this. Two break up apparently, one stay together. And then the third one, they'd say, you've got to see it to believe it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So a bit of intrigue there. But, but these shows are almost a dime a dozen, aren't they? So yeah, they there's are. lots of it around. Yeah, it's so true. The trouble will be hooking people initially. Because a, and, and, it, and those the, the problem with these type of shows is they can't be unlikable. If you're going to go into the romance genre, you have to like the people because if you don't, like the people, then you can't get emotionally involved in it. Yeah. And that was one of the problems with Nine's The Last Resort, you know, that, you know, as soon as you sort of met those people on the island, it was like, oh, dear, these, you know, boom, that's it. You're not going to watch it again. Yeah. Emergency Calls, another obdoc that Seven seems to do reasonably well, but, again, there's a lot of these shows out there, isn't there? This one's uh, inside a call centre uh, where they respond to triple um, zero calls. Right. So, yeah. Um the wall, they, that's already started. Instant Hotel starting this year as well. Yeah, it's on next week. Yeah, hosted by Luke Jacobs. Yep. Um, not sure about this one. Um, looks to They showed a fair bit of this. It looks a little bit like My Kitchen Rules meets Airbnb. That's exactly what I thought when I read about it. It, it mm. seemed... But without the high production value. Yeah, I, I just out. thought, oh, that looks like a kind of a cheap show to me, going to someone's house and just seeing how they welcome hanging guests. around in someone's house. And, yeah. It, mm. Look, it, it could be interesting, but, yeah, I, ju- I just looked at it and thought that looks like something made a bit on the cheap. Yeah, yeah. But um, but otherwise, the you know, that's – so there's plenty there on offer. I guess with all those things, you throw so many at the wall, yeah. half of them stick, a third of them stick, you've, yeah. you've probably done a good job. <laughs> yes. The the first half of the year will look after itself for seven, I think, with MKR, with the Winter Olympics, with the Com Games, but that's the second half of the year. You know, they... Yeah. they um, uh, what's their home run? I show that's uh, House, House Rules. Rules. House Rules will be back, but quite a dramatic changes to the format. Seven really didn't want to talk about what they've done to the format. But clearly, that new judge, the English guy, he's yeah. got to be part of it, right? You'd because think so, he was yeah. the one. I that, think he was successful. And he was up on year. the screen when we, I saw the snapshot of the screen on TV tonight. You could see that his his place was his head was Lawrence Llewellyn. Yeah, Jones. hyphenated name. That's him, I think. Yeah, he, he he his picture was there. He's got to be yeah. part of it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no. I, th- I think it was a good addition. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that will certainly get them through to the, the back half. I think there might be a couple of things still to come, but the, the Denton, I'm sure, will do reasonably well. Yes. Um, look, if they keep these wall audiences up, that'll be back next year. Dr Blake, I think it's going to be four telly movies. Right. So, again, you've got to think they might push them all to the back half as well. So, they, um, yeah, I, I think that could do well. 
few more things will power through. I look, it's great to get you back in Sydney, Andrew, but I know when you're here, though, you pack a lot into your day, no. so let's not, uh, let's not dawdle to look. The Actor Awards um, released the nominations for their... I think this is the seventh annual awards. Um, but it's almost easier to list shows that didn't make it. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of categories and yeah. a lot of shows have, have gotten gongs here. Um, because they're awards for both, they um, celebrate both movies and television. Yes. No surprise that I guess Lion was leading the nominations. And it's probably going to win everything too. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. Twelve uh, nominations. It's hard to imagine anything knocking that off in any of the categories it was in. Amongst the lots of TV stuff got nominated, um, and the most nominated was Blue Murder, Killer Cop and Top of the Lake China Girl. Mm-hmm. Both which had reasonably niche audiences because Blue Murder Killer Cop didn't rate that well. No. Did okay. And, of course, Top of the Late China Girl did okay by Foxtel standards, but, again, they're, you know, because of the Foxtel business model, they're not massive numbers. And actor voters love Jane Campion. Yes. You'd kind of think that, you know, it's kind of... They love they love her. She's See, people who vote for the actors are kind of, you know, film and TV people, so her coming from film I think is going to give her a little bit of an edge because people love her. Yeah, and you've got to hope that uh, Nicole Kidman's schedule allows her to attend the event. Yes. Because with um, her featuring in both these very um, successful um, with the uh, voters series, a movie and a series. Without her here, it might leave a big, bit of a hole in award night. Other TV shows been nominated, Australian Ninja Warrior, Rosehaven, yep. uh, Little Big Shots, Sunshine. Um, they recently completed uh, SBS. Did you get to see much of Sunshine? Look, I haven't watched the last three episodes. I watched the first episode, liked it, Same. need to finish it. Same. You know? I, I did the first, but... yeah. I mean, it's tough, though, isn't it? I mean, we can all talk, but I just read the other day, people say, if you really want to watch something, you watch it. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's know? true. So that's, so that's true. a bit of a comment that it, it was good, but it, yeah. there were other things that kept Correct. us busy. So I think I've got to own up to that. But I did really like it. And I thought I thought I liked it more than I thought I might, actually. I just really liked that, that you know, it's so hilarious that other networks say accuse SBS whenever they have something bad to say. They say they don't follow their charter. This isn't within their charter. Well, you know what? Their dramas are always within their charter. They shine a light yep. on multicultural groups that nobody else wants to put on TV. I applaud that. Yeah. It was slow, but then I like slow sometimes. You yeah. Know? It was building a story, and so, you know, it, uh, I, I'm sort of, I will definitely stay with it and find out where it goes. Um, true Story with Hamish and Andy. Yeah. Seven Types of Ambiguity which was actually six episodes, but I'll get over yes. that one day. The Catering Show, and I've got to say, I don't... What's Racka Racka? What? <laughs> racka Racka. No idea. I'm, I'm guessing that was some... Show. Yeah, or huh? some short-form YouTube thing that went right. on. Right. Um, so, yeah, so lots of, uh, lots of TV things there. We mentioned Nicole. And lots of movie... Um, People known for their work in movies were nominated for work on television. Yeah. Nicole Kidman, of course, for Top of the Lake, um, China Girl. Hugo Weaving for Seven Types of Ambiguity. Yep. Emma Booth for her part in a Blue Murder Killer Cop. And Ewan Leslie also for his role. I really liked him in Top of the Lake. Yes, he was very good. He was good, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, an international award with people who've won internationally before who've cropped up of course Jane Campion who's won uh, a swag of awards over the years uh, Dev Patel for his role in Lion yep. uh, Tony Collette 
She's won Emmys and Golden Globes, of course, for her role in Blue Motor Killer Cop. You know, she was good, but it was a weird character. Yeah. But they're all weird characters. Sometimes sometimes I feel that people get nominations because of their names. Yeah. Because I wouldn't say that in the canon of Tony Collette filmography that her role in Blue Murder Killer Cop was that great. Mm. She just played the girlfriend of Roger Rogerson and sure. she was she was okay, but I wouldn't be going, wow, let's she's got to be nominated Best Actress of the Year. But she's Tony Collette, so she, suddenly she's on the list. Yes, absolutely. Um, Elizabeth Moss got her first actor nomination. For that's her, good. Her role. Um, so that's it. Yeah, the actors. I think they're in the first week of December. Yeah. Uh, presented by Foxtel. I'm not sure if they're on free to air at all this year. Seven, I think. Seven has. Yeah, and Seven might even produce the uh, yeah. event, event for uh, actor. They they did a couple of years ago. Yeah. I, I presume that... Uh, I'll just run f- quickly through this best television drama you, uh, and I'll, I'll ask you who the winner should be. Clever Man, Glitch, Janet King, Top of the Lake, Wentworth. Well... <laughs> <laughs> I would give it to Wentworth, but yeah. I'll pretty much tell you the actor will give it to Top of the Lake. You think? Yeah. It'd yeah. Be, yeah. It'd be hard to imagine that getting involved. Uh, Janet King was good this year, but I thought last year was much, much better. Yeah. Um, I would have given it to Janet King last year, not this year. Um, Clever Man and Glitch, they were good, but they kind of lost it a bit for me in Series 2, whereas Wentworth is a show that comes out with 13 episodes every year. They didn't have Danielle uh, Cormac playing B. Smith, and yet they still delivered a really strong series. And I tell you what, a couple of those moments, like the uh, cutting out of the tongue scene from Wentworth, I mean, that was the most... uh, Outrageous thing I saw on Australian TV drama this year. Yeah, yeah, interesting. A uh, few things coming up. Um, well, coming up, I think it's December 4, ABC2 becomes ABC Comedy. Yeah. Which I what, don't get it. What is that about? Do, they they, need, do we need a whole comedy channel on free to It also then means that you can only show comedy on that channel. And I thought Apparently that... Apparently in prime time. Oh, is that what it is? Well, they... Oh, because it's kids during the right. day. Oh, okay. Well, then in that case, they might be able to get away with it. Yeah, well, there's plenty of content, but still... But does, the, does the ABC need to spend money on just a pure comedy channel... And what was wrong with ABC2 anyway? And if ABC comedy is good enough, can't it run on the main channel? But if you look at the promo, they're clearly going to repeat a lot of shows they've made in the past. I mean, it's Upper Middle Bogan and all those shows they've been making over the years. And look, let's, you know, they do do more comedy than any other network in Australia at the moment. And I did an interview yesterday for a documentary that's being made about the Mavis Bramston show. And, you know, the interviewer was asking me about that sort of stuff. Why don't we have more comedy like this on Australian TV and it's like well because comedy's hard and you've got to stick with comedy and let the audience find it but if you stick with it and you hit it big then you can repeat it forever and I go back to my Kath and Kim thing there you know Kath and Kim on a Tuesday night on nine you know I've seen those episodes before it's it's Sometimes it's the highlight of my week, watching those repeats. You know, some of those episodes are verging on 17 years old and they're still fantastic because sitcoms don't age. So if you can get it right, you've got it forever. And a lot of those sitcoms that the ABC have done, they will be able to repeat them and they'll still be funny. 
Sure. It's just as an aside, it was good seeing Tony Martin on the project last night. It was Gee. the love interest in a few episodes yes. of, uh, for Magda Zabanski <laughs> and um, Kath and Kim. Um, yeah, but I'm just not sure. And the, the upside of that comedy thing is, yeah, more comedy will be commissioned, presumably. At least we get a, a, a new Tonight Show hosted yes. by Tom Ballard because there really isn't one on Australian TV at the moment. So, uh, you know, they'll pitch it at a younger audience. They won't have a huge budget, of course. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. Yeah, yeah, that's to be encouraged. I've, yeah. I've got a feeling it won't get very big audiences, but you, you've got to try stuff. And, yeah, absolutely. And if it, you, you know, we might all be surprised. It might grow and become yeah. a significant um, a significant program. So, yeah, so watch out for that. It's, Changing, uh, changing of uh, content there on ABC Two. Doctor Foster starts next week, I think, season two. Well, I'm super See, confused about this, James. It's been ages though. The <laughs> Sydney Morning Herald had it in the Green Guide yesterday that it's starting tonight. Tonight, and I was like, what? What? How did I miss this? No. Series two. They had. A... Oh, it is, or is it tonight? It's BBC I think first. it's tonight. Think it, yeah, you're right. It's this I week. totally missed it. Your last week. Your last I, day of October. I made a Halloween. A, a real bad error here because I assumed that they were going to put it into their Thursday night slot. No, it's BBC first. BBC first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just assumed because they were kind of doing this thing and this is where we put our kind of new... I just assumed it was going to be Thursday. So I haven't been paying attention and I've totally missed it. But I've watched the first episode and it's a delicious setup for series two. I'm in. And the last episode in the UK got huge figures, 10 million people. So they, they came back for the second time over there. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and no, I'm really looking forward to it. I've I've watched the first episode, I think, so I watched it. I did a dodgy and watched it online from the UK. I think it's at ITV. No, it's BBC. 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 Yeah. And um, I watched it on their catch-up service. And it, it, it draws you in again, doesn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. By the end of Fantastic. it, you go, oh, my God, what's going to happen now? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I just love all the characters are great. The actors yep. are wonderful. So I'm definitely in for that one. Uh, interesting, I watched the first episode of Liar last yes. night. Wow. Yeah. That was pretty good. It was good. Yeah. It's not quite sure where it's going to go for six episodes or whatever. No, but... but There's a lot of backstory to fill out, but there's already some fascinating... um, cross-plotting, isn't Correct. There? You could huh? see by the end of the episode these other things like, oh, I'm sorry, you and you are, oh. There's like, like her ex is with her sister and yeah, on there's the choir. Yeah, there's more going on than you re- realised from the initial setup. So, mm. yeah, again, that finished very strongly in the UK as well. The, the audience stuck with it and grew. Yeah. And they've commissioned a second series. Right, okay. so Because it, it ends on a cliffhanger. Right. Uh, yeah. So there's no resolution necessarily. Well, maybe there's a resolution and they do another cliffhanger like <laughs> Rebecca Gibney did with Wanted. Finish one story but then say, please bring us back. We'll, we'll do this next time. Yeah, okay. But, um, yeah, so it's good to see it on seven. Yeah. Um, reasonably fast-tracked, certainly not that Reasonably, date, yes, you know, yes. Last month, I think. Good Monday night, on, good on place, good night for drama. Half a million, good audience. Okay, you know, that's pretty Imported good. shows don't really get half a million anymore. So no. to do that is a, is a good result. Yep. And I think if you watch that first one, you're probably going to come back. And I think people will talk about it. Yes. Um, so they might pick up a bit of catch-up uh, and, you know, it might... What's her name, Joanne? Joanne Froggett, Froggett. from yeah. Downton Abbey. Obviously a lot of interest in what she does these days. She, she, she's such a great actress because she can be very plain and fade away into the background, but when she needs to be a, bit, a little bit sexy and ramp it up, she does that as well. Now, you usually all... You're our summer bay correspondent. 
hmm. and our Erinsborough as well. What's happening on Home and Away? Well, I can't tell you what's happening. They had a happen- big... Sub- maybe they have another... Was there a crash, an explosion? Oh, recently? look, they had some deadly explosion. Die? I don't think anybody did die. Some farmhouse blew up it's just you know it's just it's it's kind of like the same plots being rehashed all the time i I don't care factor not huge but (laughs) they do have a clothing line now that they've just released yes and it is hilarious james they've got an elf hat like the big straw hat he wears, and then they've got T-shirts with him saying Struth and Stone the Flaming Crows, and then they've got the Summer Bay Surf Lifesaving Club stuff that you could buy. But then, of course, because Home and Away cannot let go... Riverboy inspired clothes. Oh, wow. So you can buy T-shirts that say <laughs> blood and sand. Um, and as I told Amanda and Jonesy on the radio this morning, and Jonesy said, I think I might get a Riverboy T-shirt and go down to Maroubra and <laughs> see what happens. Well, you, you could know? get on his bike and drive yeah. down with his, his Riverboy T-shirt. I need to look. So, like, it's clearly made for the English market. Um, and, you know, I think, they've, I think they're just starting or have started uh, day two is out to Palm Beach, similar to what they do in Melbourne where they take the, the English... These unofficial? Or? No, this is an official okay. Summer Bay Palm Beach tour. So, you know, it makes sense now they've got a merch line as well because when you're travelling on the bus all the way from CBD of Sydney out to Palm Beach, it's a long car ride. So fun. what a great way to stuff. flog some They're Like some on the material. airline, they'll have the duty-free <laughs> <Yeah>. trolley <laughs> walking down the aisle. <laughs> yeah. Flogging the um, Wild Boys T-shirt. Yeah. Um, Real Housewives of Melbourne. Yep. Coming back. It's very successful, I think, isn't it? But yeah, the, the, the Melbourne one is, is certainly uh, certainly works. so far more successful than the Sydney version. Yes. Um, and I've not... Getting a bit of a refresh? Yeah, they're having a bit of a refresh. A couple of them aren't coming back. Some of them, obviously, they didn't want back. Uh, but I, I'd say uh, Chica that's been on it since the beginning, she basically said, look, I, I don't really want to do this anymore. I've got a business. It's, you know, so, you know. The novelty's I'm, worn off for her. Yeah, there's no hard feelings there. Off she goes. Um, I see now that they've got... Uh, a got Persian it. beauty called Venus Bebbahani Clark. Because if, I, if I'm not mistaken, there is a Persian beauty on The Real Housewives of Auckland who was quite hilarious. Some okay. of the uh, observations she made in that accent were, were quite hilarious. And I don't know if they've ever agreed to do a second series of Auckland because I actually really enjoyed that. And, of course, we're all sitting on the edge of our seats, aren't we, about what are they going to do with the Sydney housewives are they recasting mm. lots of gossip that they're you know running around talking to get some to refresh that well there's a foxtel uh, press conference next week do you reckon they do now <laughs> with, i doubt with the ceo hold... <laughs> with the ceo be there to one uh, I'm, I'm pretty intrigued about what they're going to announce yeah. though but um it probably won't be a second season of Sydney's Housewives. But there's also a magazine editor coming i think it's sally bloomfield does that uh, ring a bell um well I've as not, one of the new arrivals. Yeah, right. I've not heard of her, but okay. yeah, she, it does say she is a magazine editor. Yep. And yeah. I think it was Harper's Bazaar. She was the Melbourne editor. Of oh, Harper's okay. Bazaar. Right. So, right. So that that could be interesting. But well, yeah. in that case, she will actually really know some of these women and will have crossed paths. Yeah, with I think them she's before. very well connected. At, yeah, it's a QC or something. Yeah. Although they pick very, they're very clever, aren't they? Pick people who are very well connected. Yeah. You know. 
in the society scene down there, so yeah. which gives them access, you know. Yeah. Normally, if you're on a show, you say, can we bring a camera in here? They go, you've got to be dreaming. Yeah. But if it's one of these women and they can, you know, get them inside, yeah. it, uh, it, it, it just opens up a whole world that uh, viewers wouldn't see otherwise. A um, couple of things on Netflix. Did we talk about Mindhunter last time? I don't think we I don't did, think did we? we did, and it's on my list of things to do because I love David Fincher. You know, Fight Club is my favourite movie of the 90s, um, and I've watched everything he's ever made since, so I'm absolutely going to watch this. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, I hear they've commissioned it for another season. A lot of people are talking about it. Yep. Yep, I've, the um, I'm a couple of eps in. Right, um, Anna Torv is yet to appear. Oh, really? Okay, she's the sort of the Aussie yep. star who's who's been saying this is one of her best um, best roles she's had. Yep, she said that you know she's it's David Fincher, renowned for multiple takes. Yeah, and she said you know okay. compared to some Australian productions, it's, <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a it's an interesting work ethic for her. But yeah, some of the language is uh, fairly ripe. Right. It, uh, it's quite, um, what could you say? It's quite, um, it, it, it uh, doesn't hold back talking about crimes and right. what, what happens and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, you've got to be careful when you watch it. I yeah. had it on um, some family members walking past the telly going, what are you doing? <laughs> so it's yeah. one of those shows. Right. That, you know, it's certainly not for, um, for all the family. Yeah. And, uh, but that happens like, what was one of Finch's movies, that, the Brad Pitt thing? Um, that was it. Seven? Did you seven? That well, there was Fincher, seven. Was and that was quite graphic. Yes, it in was depicting the crimes I committed there. Yeah, yeah. And again, I was. I remember watching that with someone who got very squeamish and yeah. um, couldn't do it. So I, I'm not sure where this will go. I don't think there'll be anything visually graphic, but it's sort certainly some of the uh, descriptions of, of what happens. Yeah, can be a little unsettling for people, but that's uh, that looks great. And Stranger Things too. Look, I'm I've just started. I'm one episode in. Right. I was a big fan of the first one. Yep. So I'm I'm fascinated to see how this goes again. But gee whiz, Netflix continue to unload so much content. And I mean, oh, I say is... this every. Yeah, podcast, I think and it's I mean, hard this, to keep up. This is a breaking news situation, but if we even oh, yeah. mention this, it's going yeah. to change. But they've just announced that House of Cards will end after season six because of allegations coming out about Kevin Spacey. Well, they didn't link it to, didn't that. they? No, but the timing is that oh, is exactly. very. I mean, you, you got to think that's yeah. A lot of people thought this would probably be the last one anyway. I right? Think. Okay, because that's what I'm trying to figure out. What well, is it all in the can anyway? And no, they're still working on it. Are they? Yeah. But Netflix released a statement saying, look, they were concerned, obviously, about yeah. the allegations and they'll be working with the cast to yeah. make sure that's... And, I mean, that is a breaking story. It's like it's literally every hour I turn my phone on, there's some new Kevin Spacey story oh. and now his mm. brother's come out and said their father was a Nazi and he abused them all. So, yeah, that's a, that's an ever-changing story. Yeah, it's just incredible, isn't it, the world of showbiz, all yeah. these things that are coming out. And, yeah. um, you know, even Carrie-Anne, she was on... She's about promoting her... She's got a new autobiography out, I think, and she talks it with... I, I didn't realise this. I, I think it was on Sunday night a few weeks ago. Yep. I should have paid more attention, but she talks about being a cocaine user during her years in New York. And the first husband, and she's on the cover of Woman's Weekly, yeah, he saying how I escaped my gun first and, marriage. And yep. contemplated maybe pulling the trigger. Yeah. Um, but she talked about, you know, being sexually harassed. Mm. She said at a party... I wish she'd named the person. She was at a party, and she felt the zip on her dress being undone. 
this is the middle of the party. Yeah. And she was thinking, look, if you don't stop, I'm going to deck you, you know. And she said it was someone very famous. So yeah. That would be fascinating to find out Look, I mean, that if it, it's no surprise that these stories of sexual harassment, you, well, we all know it's common knowledge now that Louis B. Mayer had a casting couch right there in his office in the days of MGM at its peak in the 30s, all through the history of Hollywood. Hollywood producers have acted like this, so it's not a surprise. Um, I, I have trouble with people trying to make out that this is some sort of left-wing conspiracy. Oh, you know, this is the left protecting their own in Hollywood because it's ridiculous. It's been, it's been going on forever. Everyone's knowing about it. And and I don't just think it's Hollywood. It's all business, isn't it, James? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's great that these people are being exposed and it's great that people fear now have the bravery to come out that you know but um I th- i'm sure we haven't seen the last of these stories and uh goodness knows what happens if you know the the people here in australia who say that they're working on stories of uh you know australian entertainment figures who behave badly yeah, that's yeah. bubbling away as well. Too. Yeah, and even though there's a lot of focus on entertainment, and people here they're talking about you know and rugby league. Yeah, that and people say, well, if you examine any sector of society, correct, you're going to find corruption, bad behaviour. Yeah. So my girlfriend said to me, who doesn't work in the entertainment industry, she went to lunch with her friends. I had a girls' lunch, and they all sat around, and they all had a story. No matter what profession they worked in, every single one of those women had a story of an incident where one of their bosses or someone they were working for, you know, put it on them. Yeah, every single one of them. Yeah, because the world's a very different place now. Yeah, you know, people were tolerating a lot of that crap. That's years right. ago, and you, yes, you can't do that anymore. No, you can't. Thankfully, all right. Look, we might uh, wrap it up there. Any other quick, um, th- any other thoughts you want to leave us with, or anything? No, we've no, got. We've okay. got we, I'll, go, I'll catch up with Doctor Foster, and uh, yeah, there's a lot yep. still to watch. Wonderful stuff. Look, great having you in Sydney. Uh, thanks for popping in. Thanks, James. And we'll uh, speak to you again soon. You bet.